Hi, welcome to Legacy Investing Podcast. This is episode nine and I'm Nate and I'm joined as always with my fellow Legacy Investing buddy, Josh. How are we doing, mate? I'm good, mate. How are you? Perfect. Yeah, great week. How's yours going? Week has been good. Week has been good. Achieving lots. I am uh, proud to say that I launched my own course this week, um, which is pretty exciting. So it's been busy. Yeah, mate. Do you want to do a just a really mini little plug on your oh. it's an investing course? Oh, yes. Yes. It's a fundamental investing course. It's all about exactly what we do here on the podcast. It's I, my, my call of fundamental investing, but it's legacy investing. Um, and yeah, just basically a step-by-step, you know, how to invest um, from anybody who has no knowledge all the way through to having a pretty good strategy moving forward. So it's basically it. Perfect, mate. And how do we get on board with that? Can we find it uh, oh. quick Google or... Uh... Yeah, yeah, Google fun- check it out? Fundamental Investing course or just look Fundamental Investing page up on uh, Facebook. And um, yeah, I guess also I, I didn't really think about this too much, but there will be discounts for listeners, of course. So yeah, dis- <laughs> discount code. Uh, have you got a discount code? <laughs> to, to be followed with, yeah. <laughs> to be followed with. Yeah, check it out, uh, listeners. It's, um, yeah, I've had a quick look at it. It's fantastic. So um, yeah, short plug there, mate. Well done. Thank yeah, you. Lots of hard work over the last uh, many months to use. So well done. Thank you. Um, yes, so today we're going to have a chat about, again, legacy investing, but we're going to look into, um, I guess, financial advising and what that might mean for us as legacy investors, why we would use a financial advisor or get advice around um, how we might do something. Um, Obviously, you and I aren't financial advisors, so this is not um, to be taken, um, you know, as advice. Uh, so you know, do your own research. But um, I know I've uh, been to a financial advisor before, and we just wanted to put a bit of a bent on it from a legacy investing point of view today. So we're going to have a bit of a chat about that. Um, yeah. Any first thoughts, mate? Um, yeah, I. Similar to you, like I've been to a financial advisor before, more so for like a property plan um, and I guess a financial plan. Um, and that was a couple of years ago. And you know what? It, it, um, it really helped me at that point in time. It really helped me, uh, I guess, track my money a lot better. And it helped me with buying properties as investments and stuff. So yeah, it's definitely, definitely really good uh, financial advisors out there. Um, yeah, I think they, just, yeah. So I was just going to say just on that, because you, you know, I've got a few um, pretty pretty close friends in the financial advising industry, and they often talk about um, you know it's almost a little bit more counselling sometimes, counselling people through things. Your experience there, do you want to unpack it a little bit in terms of um, you know your initial appointment and you know did they what was the gist of the actual first appointment? Were they really asking you about um, what you wanted and and what fit to your values and and where you wanted to head? Yeah, yeah. So the first, like the the first um, initial chat was just around like whether or not it's going to be a good fit, and I really like that because you know they're not, you know, those particular advisors weren't trying to just sell me, which was really good. It was more like, are we going to be able to work together? Yeah, when we move forward with them, um, it was a lot about yeah what we wanted. They really attached the why to why we're doing this. Um, what we wanted to achieve long-term passive income wise, what age. Um, and then it's just a really big deep dive into 
our current financial situation, um, where we are, where we want to be, and just create that map in between. But I think the best part about that was, um, one, it was great to see, you know, what sort of properties we were trying to aim for with our purchases, but the, the financial structure. So just setting up accounts in the right way, um, you know, trapping all of our surplus, changing over from using a credit card for, like for everything to then having your spending account, you just spend your seven day float every week. It was really great. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, I have a similar experience. I've I found it very, um, very advantageous to go see someone, especially around that sort of um, planning and, and wanting to you know, get somewhere with our, our finances and get on top of those sort of things. So sounds like you had a similar experience there. It's almost like um, often say reverse engineering you know, you want to start with the end in mind and then work our way back and, and break that down into smaller tasks or smaller plans and sort of um, get through that process. Yeah, so, so what else did you find was very um, beneficial? Um, I've got a few points here, but uh, I'll listen to yours first. Yeah, I think it was just a clarity of moving forward, um, feeling confident with what we were going to achieve. Um, and then I think what that did is it motivates you to beat it. So, you know, if you set a good like financial goal, um, you've got a clear path of how you're going to achieve that financial goal. You've got your, I guess, all your finances structured and your budget done and all that kind of stuff and you stick to it. And then, you know, like, oh, we can beat this and you start beating it and you mm. start achieving your purchases earlier. For like for us, it was buying property, buy it earlier. And, and then, mm. you know, you just see things grow quicker and it's, it's actually quite motivating. Yeah, great. Uh, one, one of the... Um... Really, really big benefits, I think, and, and I can't recommend enough people getting their head around their finances and doing a real sort of uh, zoom out and almost like a health check on your on your finances. Um, but just around that, uh, you know, thinking with the end in mind, like I said before, the retirement planning. So I found that very helpful before going to see a, an advisor and talking about retirement planning. You mentioned just before the call, you know, inheritance. If if some if you were to come into a, a big surplus of money, what what do we do with that? And and what's the most um, tax savvy or most uh, advantageous thing to do? So these are some of those positive points that I think are really really helpful, and and most people should um, talk to someone about that. Also, super. You know, all of us. You know, when we start work, we often just tick the tick the box and and tick the, the super fund and, and don't think too much about it. But super, super important, obviously. And yeah, and we should be you know, hopefully adding as we go along because, you know, at the end of the day, when we stop working, the super is going to be a, a fantastic way that we can um, fund our retirements as well. So speaking to someone around that and just um, getting a, a deeper education around that, it really that's what you know, one of the reasons we started this podcast too, mate, was getting a deeper education. And I think if people ask those questions, I think that's a really good way. Yeah. And when you hit on, I just wrote that down prior to you saying that self-education, I think that was one of the best things to come out of it as well. Just gives you a better knowledge as well of finance and money. And I think that's where a really good financial advisor or a financial planner comes into their own is when they're not only creating that, uh, creating the plan for you, but they're actually educating you around it as well as to why this is like this. And, you know, it, it makes you understand it more and then you can respect your own money a bit more as well. The, the, the other point around with sort of retirement planning and stuff is, is um, income protection and, and all that sort of stuff, uh, life insurance and making sure you are set up with those. So a good financial advisor will go through those 
uh, with you and again, you know, talk about your goals. And you know, our, at the end of the day, one of our biggest assets is our ability to work and earn an income. So protecting that's uh, I see is pretty important. And um, yeah, a good financial advisor will will set you up with um, with that. Yeah, and a point a point to throw in there too is um, I guess there's there's many different services as well. Like you've got you know, pay, you pay for the service or you get it's fee for service or free service, as I've heard it. Um, I think that's a big one too. And I think like, you know, some financial advisors take annual fees for their, their work and investing for you. Whereas like, if you're getting just a financial plan, it's like a, a paid service and you're not, you know, they're only getting paid a flat rate compared to um, getting paid a commission on top of your capital and stuff like that. I think that makes a difference as well, depending on your outcome. Yeah, yeah, good, good call. So, yeah, financial advisors, um, we, we see them as a really important step in the process of, you know, learning and, and mm-hmm. getting through that um, early phase and right through to the end phase there, like you said. So, yeah, good point, mate. Um, the other thing we were really, when we see a financial advisor, what we really want to, um, we should be asking, I mean, I've heard this many times, is we should be asking them how they earn their money. Um, and obviously, there's going to be some fees. You mentioned, um paid for service or just like this annual fee. Now this um, area has been really, really changed over the last few years. The, the um, lots more regulation, yeah, yeah, around the financial advising. So we will be in uh, a few episodes time, hopefully getting someone on to t- speak about this a little bit more in detail and from their side of things. So that's exciting. Um, but yeah, the, the fees, mate, do you want to talk about the fees? Cause uh, I know you've got some pretty cool um, examples and graphs uh, around the fees and and when we're talking about fees we're not talking about the fees for the advice around retirement planning and superation superannuation and those things we're more talking about the fees to invest into yeah. managed funds or their funds is that right yeah yeah so i think um i think that's a good point to bring up like you said um if you're if you're just getting a plan created and then moving forward with that plan on your own that's where I believe, you know, a, a fee service, you're paying, not sorry, not a fee service, you're paying for the service once off. That way, you know, you know that they're getting paid just by you, um, you know, you taking up their service compared to, you know, if you're, if they're trying to push you into financial assets and it's, it's going to start that fee for service, I guess. But um, it's really important to know, like you said, how they get paid. But um, sorry, I think I've rambled a bit there, but uh, with, um, yeah, Talking about commissions and fees, um, mm. we always want to look for the best, like best rates, because you know one one percent, two percent, it doesn't sound like a lot um, at all, but it, it actually creates a, a big difference over the lifetime of an of an investment. So, um, just just as an example, if you started with one hundred thousand dollars and at the start of your working life, or you know, at any time, point in time, and you invested that $100,000 for 40 years of working lifetime, that $100,000 invested at 7% becomes $1.5 million, which is a nice little, I guess, number to add to your retirement. But um, yeah, if you're paying 2% per annum fee, even though it doesn't sound like a lot, um, your 7% effectively gets cut to 5%. And due to compounding over that 40-year period, your um, nest egg is no longer 1.5 million. It's only 700,000. So that's over half of your retirement gone in 2% annual fees. Yeah, so I'll just um, we'll, we'll just dig into that a little bit as well. So what you're saying is 
if you just invested in an index and we, we got 7%, so you use 7% because that's roughly around the average return of the index um, over many, many, many years. Yeah. So you, you've worked that out at 7%. And if we start with 100 over 40 years, that turns into 1.5 million. Yeah. Said. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 7% compounded. Um, 7%. Now, if we invested in a managed fund or some sort of advisory firm who invested our money in shares or companies or whatever they use, you, what you're saying is that their management fee is 2%. Is that right? Yes, that's a fairly- And everyone's different. Yeah, that's that's, yeah. that's, that's the number. It's a fairly average fee. Um, and obviously, you know, what, what fee gets shown on the front page isn't going to always be the, the end figure. That's where you really got to dig into the, the small mm. words at the bottom of the papers. So, but yeah, let's go with 2%. That's pretty average for a, a management yeah. fee. Because often we see these um, companies and you can see them on, um, you know, you can look up the ASX and I guess Magellan Fund is a good one. There's heaps and heaps of funds. Um, and they'll often um, on their presentations have written, you know, in their performance, or in their presentation, sorry, the, the, their outperformance. And so when they're describing their outperformance, they're talking about how much they beat the index by. So sometimes it can look pretty cool. They might outperform by two, three, four percent for a certain quarter or a whole year, an annual year. But what we're saying is, once those management fees come out, it actually brings their, um, you know, their overall performance right down. And that's what you're saying there. That that hundred k over forty years um, with a two percent management fee actually only ends up being seven hundred k. Yeah. Um, huge, huge difference. And that's not considering performance fees as well exactly huge yeah they're often 20 percent if you read them yeah 20 percent above a, a like a, a certain point above the um, market but saying that also when you look i think i remember reading this and i'm not sure how you know correct it is now but um you know for only on average four percent of uh, management funds outperform the market and that isn't the same four percent every year it's probably not even the same four percent every quarter that is, you know, 4% at any one time. So that 4% may change every year. So really put some effort into if you're going to be putting your money into a managed fund, you know, you really want to make sure that that's a quality managed fund with as low as possible fees, in my opinion. Yeah, so we're after really low fees. Exactly. And like you, yeah. you brought up index funds before, you could you could easily just invest in, you know, Vanguard Australia's uh, or, or Vanguard International and um, you're paying like 0.15%. So... You know, they're the kind of percentage fees that aren't going to really affect your income over that long period. I mean, I think it was uh, Warren Buffett, and I can't remember the exact time frame, but was it he, he had a bet with uh, a few different hedge funds in the US there over a 10-year period, and he was just, I think it was, a, was a, I think it was for charity, and um, uh, I think the the figure was a million dollars. Is that right? And he he invested it in um, you know a broad-based index versus the hedge funds. Yeah. And, and after performance fees, after brokerage and after tax, I'm pretty sure Buffett beat them pants down. Exactly, yeah. It's, uh, yes. yeah fees, fees affect your outcome massively. Yeah. So I, I, do, I just did want to say in, in, um, in favour of um, going with some of these um, funds and, and advisory firms in terms of um, investing, um, I do have a few clients who are high net wealth earners and they just do not have the time or the headspace to research like you and I, you know, we've, we've talked about legacy investing. We are very interested in this. We, we, we take the time to 
read annual reports like uh, accounting nerds and um yes so, so we, we enjoy that so yeah <laughs> don't uh, don't hold that hold that against us but um yeah, so some some individuals who do not have time or the headspace to to research and invest, you know, and I've spoken to them, they actually just take my funds and invest, and they're very happy with that. So it, again, it comes back to earlier in the um, podcast we talked about your your individual position and your individual goals, and that can fit some individuals nicely. Hundred percent, because like you know, if you do have a high net wealth and you're you're very busy in what you do, like the last thing you want to be doing like is spending all the time that we spend doing this, but. And at the end of the day, they're still getting a positive outcome, aren't they? It's not like it's not like they're going backwards. They're still getting a positive outcome. And if you've got a lot more money, then that positive outcome, you know, sure, it's not a higher percentage, but it's a it's a heck of a higher dollar rate. You know what I mean? So, mm. you know, that 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 fits the purpose. Yeah, and if it gets them to that, um, uh, spoke about reverse engineering and knowing your knowing your figure at the end of retirement. If it gets you to that number, and then you can live off that number, then then that works nicely. So yeah, we've talked about um, you know why would we use a financial advisor and what you know is you know the, the positive aspects of um, you know financial planning and investment planning um, or retirement planning. Sorry, um, why? What are some of the reasons you and I, as legacy investors, um, why would we? We've talked talked about the fees. Why would we veer away from seeking or giving our our investment funds to someone and and why would we want to take that on ourselves yeah because we want to buy great companies you know we we want to choose what we're buying and um even if you buy an index or even if you buy if you buy into a mutual fund or a managed managed fund you don't get the choice um you're buying whatever they buy so for me i want to buy great companies that i know are going to make me a lot of money so that's that's definitely one and i'm a long-term investor um, and that's not to say you can't find managed funds that aren't, you know, long-term suited, but that's, that's, I guess that's a fairly rare managed funds and that usually work off quarter to quarter basis. Um, and I'm looking for 15 years down the track. Yeah, I guess, um, yeah, I, I agreed. Um, but you could, you could potentially go to a little boutique investor and say, Hey, uh, hey, boutique investor, I'm really, really liking company X at the moment. Um, can we buy that? And I think even just a step further for you and I, we, you know, yeah, we mentioned talking buying good companies, but you know, the values behind it, and and you and I, we're actually wanting to research these companies. Um, you know, the boutique investor will will do the research for us, but um, that's our interest. So, why we wouldn't go down that path? You know, one was fees, two we want to buy good companies, and and three. For us, it's you know about building a legacy, and our and that's our that's our interest and our passion. You know, outside of our work, is really uh, diving into companies and, and doing an initial dive, putting it through you know our filters, and then you know is this company worthy of a deeper dive? Well, maybe or maybe not, and then and going through those deeper filters again. Yeah, definitely. It's it's like this for me, and I'm sure it's similar to you. This is like a passion of mine. I love finance. Um, I really love making money. It's, it's it's a no-brainer, but this is a great way to put those two together. I get to look at great companies that are making a good difference in the world and that I want to vote for with my money. And at the end of the day, it makes me more money. So it's like a win-win situation. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, awesome. So just a, a short one today. We've gone through a few um, positives and things to look out for with financial um, or seeking a financial advisor um, and a couple of great reasons there for um, you know, definitely giving someone a call and, and 
you know, reverse engineering your retirement plan and, and getting someone to lay that out for, for you and getting education there. For sure. Um, and that, and that's completely our opinion too. So. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I, I think it's very worthwhile talking to someone in that initial process Yeah, and, and getting someone who has done heaps of study and, and knows what they're talking about to just point us in the right direction. And, and as legacy investors, that's, you know, if we can get a, a good step in the right direction and then, for, for you and I, uh, we, we like to invest ourselves. Um, so yeah, some of the reasons that um, we would not invest with an advisor and, and some of the reasons we definitely do go and see them. So yeah, any any final words there, mate? No, I think I think we, we kept that pretty good, succinct and uh, yeah, move on. <laughs> Perfect, mate. So I want to, um, yeah, subscriber of the week, I want to give a shout out to um, a subscriber who gave us a five-star rating on uh apple itunes yeah it was uh went by the name of gg10 so thank you very much um, amazing thanks so much yeah. for your support yeah so yeah please um please sign up on spotify and and, and apple Podcasts. so yeah, yeah thanks for all the support leave us and, a five-star uh, review and, and feel free to reach out on socials guys um uh, yeah we'll try and be more active on socials but reach out on instagram facebook on legacy investing podcast pages good to go and uh just quickly too i know josh you uh wouldn't want me to say this but uh yeah check out josh's uh, uh investing uh education course there fundamentals investing so yeah perfect and mate, next week we are gonna um do a little dive into a, a company uh we won't disclose yet but um we're gonna dive into a company and uh, this is going to be just a little initial dive using our filters and what we would do in that sort of initial dive process um, yeah, with, a, with a company. So, yeah, tune in next week to um, yeah, have a listen to that one. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, if, if it's a positive dive, don't everybody go buying up at once. We don't want to see the share price go through the roof with all our followers. So, <laughs> yeah, perfect. Well, Tim, thank you for listening to the Legacy Investing Podcast. Uh, I'm Nate and uh, yeah, Josh, yeah, we'll catch you next week. Yeah, thanks guys and thanks Nathan. Yeah. All information on the Legacy Investing Podcast is the opinions of the hosts and is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional, financial, legal or tax advice. The hosts of the Legacy Investing Podcast and any contributors to the podcast are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should consult a licensed financial professional.